sloppy joe okay we are recording (laughs) (laughs) you threw me out of it um all right sloppy joe really messed you up huh sure did i'm Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get there though Mm -hmm. all right coco cue the future cryptid song Future crypto. Ooh, yeah. It's changed. I feel like we need to have some like, what's that noise? It's like, shh. Oh, like, like a, a, like a rain stick. Yes. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't have a rain stick. I have other percussion stuff, but not that. Like at the end of the future cryptid, it goes, shh. Oh, okay. 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 Kind of like the little bells at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do have some bells. Okay. All right. So today, uh, as I might have alluded to with our song and dance, I have a candidate for a future cryptid. So by the time people probably hear about this, it'll be old news. But unless you don't have access to social media, you've probably heard of Hank the Tank. If you are not familiar with Hank the Tank, Hank the Tank is a 500 pound black bear that has been um, not terrorizing, but getting into some mischief in a Lake Tahoe community. Supposedly, he has broken into like 125 homes or something to, you know, get himself a little snack, <laughs> a little snacky snack. He a hungry boy. He he hungry. <laughs> he real hungry. Like also just a cutie. He's mm-hmm. he's a he's a big old cutie. I forget the term for it, but they said like there's basically he has lost his fear of people. So mm-hmm. like he is like constantly just like breaking into people's houses and stuff. But turn of events. He was framed. There's actually three other bears who are breaking into the same community, which is good for Hank because they were talking about euthanizing him, which that's shit. It's not his fault. He's just hungry. (laughs) But yeah, supposedly some DNA testing. They find out there's some copycats of Hank. Um, But yeah, I Hank's kids. (laughs) (laughs) It's his children. This is Bobby. <laughs> this is Bobby. This is Hank Jr. This is Hank Jr. Jr. <laughs> we call him JRJR. Jar Jar. Jar Jar. Hank Jar Jar. But like, I, I think Hank, you know, is he is perfect cryptid material, but like in a very wholesome way. Mm-hmm. He just wants to eat some food. He's not like, harming anybody you know whatever i found really funny i was reading these articles and they were talking about this community has like one of those like neighborhood associations or some shit and they're like they have a ban on bear boxes they're like they're unsightly i'm like well what's more unsightly bear boxes or having a fucking bear (laughs) in your house like yeah i kind of feel like that's a blatant like (laughs) Cause and effect. It's like, we shouldn't have bear boxes. Also, this bear keeps breaking into our homes. I don't know why. It's weird. I can't imagine why this bear keeps digging in my trash. We also stopped allowing people to put trash outside their home and has to stay inside their home. (laughs) We also forced everyone to put bear doors in so that they could just kind of flip flop back inside. (laughs) Make the doors simple, you know, push only, (laughs) no locks. Like, yeah. Oh, but I, I, I love him. I love Hank. He's he's so good. I don't know. He's. I just think he should be a cryptid. Mm-hmm. That's bears are just so like 
unpetable looking. Like they're mm-hmm. fluffy. They have those little round ears that are just all oh, you want to nibble on them. Like just love them. <laughs> they are they are the most like lovable, dangerous thing I think mm-hmm. that there is. It, they they tick all the boxes for like the human empathy. Like I, I don't even know why, but for whatever reason, yeah, humans look at them and are like big, soft, round. I want to be in your arms. Yeah. Hold me, sweet bear. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen the videos of the bear waving? Yeah. 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 It's just like, oh, <laughs> you could rip me with that claw, but you're waving at me instead. <laughs> I like that. I remember. Do you all remember these videos? I don't know if they were real or not, but uh, the faces of death, I think. Yes. There was one. It was like someone trying to feed a bear, but the bear like, whoops just like snaps this person's arm off because they were getting way too close again i don't know if all of these are real or not like I, some of them were questionable i listened to something a long time ago and I, i'm pretty sure if i remember right that the majority of them are fake that like it is uh being made for that movie like they made it up for that yeah i think there's like some specific laws that there is definitely some like you know when it's realistic, you can't like show. I don't know them all because I'm not a legal expert, but it's like like smut related and snuff is whatever. Yeah, yeah, snuff. Yeah, snuff film material. But yeah, I remember at the time be like, holy shit. Like, obviously, I think a bear could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, without a doubt. Without they have a- eaten people. Mm-hmm. They hey, See, you also upset about Hank. He ain't eating people. He's just eating little burger snacks. I don't know. It's just a little, little trash monster. Little trash boy. Just coming in your house. Just uh, a big trash boy. Big trash boy. He's like 500 pounds. I know. He's an absolute unit. Like he's <laughs> dummy thick. He is. He's dummy thick. So I don't know if you guys know about this, but there is a like contest um, in Alaska for bears. Yeah. And the, the winner for the last couple of years has been 747. Named after the jumbo jet. Um, and like, uh, it's actually pretty close to where I go up mm-hmm. when I go there. And I would love to go see them because it's, it's like a, a, an Olympics for bears where they just come up and eat stuff. And people are like, well, that's a big one. I think he's going on the list. Yeah. There's like brackets and mm-hmm. shit. It's like the, yeah, you can bet sports. on who's gonna, who's gonna size up and all that stuff. And it, it's kind of, I mean, it's adorable, but it's also like, just mildly fucked up because basically what they're judging is whether or not they're going to survive the winter mm. based oh, off of the mass that they sad. can build. That's not what they're intending to do. But like, if you follow the logic all the way down to the end, like that kind yeah. of is, but you're also rooting for them. So uh, like, you're like, I please mean, come on, nature. get big enough, survive. Yeah. I mean, that's true. It just, yeah, I guess it's okay. I mm-hmm. just, it feels, it feels like maybe it's icky. I don't know. But yeah, I actually have heard of this. I will say, I think Hank is biggest than the uh, the the current champion from this thing you're talking about. Because Hank is like Hank 500. Is bigger? Hank is like 500 pounds. So No, Hank is a, a black bear. Yeah. Like the, grizzlies. These are grizzlies. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say 500 is not. Because like, I feel like we looked this up because someone else told me this recently because I was spouting about Hank as I do. <laughs> and I think like the current is only like 400, but maybe that's not right if it's grizzly bear. Give me a second. Okay. Um, gonna find me a bear. 
I just love that the first article is the New York Post and it says wide body 747 crowned Alaska's fattest bear. <laughs> yeah, he I just saw it for a second. Yeah. So this type of bear can be over a thousand pounds. Dang. Um, I mean, they would have to have weighed him to know how much he weighs. You could estimate. Yeah. I mean, you could say like, oh, based off of his size and like what we know about bear weight. <laughs> I'm a I'm a bear weight scientist, and I'll tell you. <laughs> well, just looking at him, I'm like Doctor Bear Weight. <laughs> Estimated weight of fourteen hundred pounds. Damn. Big boy. Okay. That's big boy. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, that was last year's contestant, not seven forty seven. Seven forty seven beat him. Oh. Well, I mean, that gives us a pretty good idea of how much seven forty seven. <laughs> this weighs. photo of him, it's like he is. Almost perfectly round. <laughs> can I, I mean, can I? Yeah. Oh my, his belly dragging the ground. Oh He's God. so cute. Like he, he oh going to survive the winter just fine. He's actually going to tack on a few extra months for funsies. <laughs> yeah. He's going to sleep. A, he's going to sleep in a little bit. Oh my God. Shoo. Yeah. I guess they haven't asked. Uh, I can't find anybody who's actually estimated the weight, but. It's probably hard to weigh a bear that size. Yeah. Probably not like his his idea of a good time is getting weighed. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Everyone's got their thing. Everybody's got their thing. But you want to get into some shit? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. time. Teach me, Joyce. I will. All right. Hello, welcome to Love at First Sighting. Sex positive, kink friendly, and thirsty conversations <laughs> about the monsters and cryptids that traverse our backyards and our imaginations. A thirsty almost, boy. Almost forgot. Um, my name is Joyce. My pronouns are she, they, and I am your cryptid researcher with the Monster Book Report. Joining me is Jim. Hi, I'm Jim. I have LaCroix burps. <laughs> I apologize. And uh, I bring the monster erotica. And this time, I love it. I wrote it. <laughs> this is a this is a very special one. This is this mm-hmm. is my baby. But we'll get to that. Yeah. I'm excited about my dialogue. All right, and also joining us is Coco. Hello, I am the layman in the ways of cryptids, but I have a background in gender and sexuality, and I love to learn. Get on. Love it. Love it. I will also stop saying thirsty. I'll just say thirsty next oh, time. Um, but I say it, like say it different ways. Thirsty. Thirsty. Absolutely thirsty. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Parched. Perched. I'm feeling peckish. I'm feeling a bit peckish when it comes to sexual appetite. Peckish <laughs> conversations. <laughs> Not quite the same ring. Hmm. Anyway, so today we are talking about the Hopkinsville Goblins. Also known as the Kelly Greenman, Kentucky Goblins or Holler Goblins. Um, I'm bringing y'all an alien story. Doo, 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 doo. I don't know what that is. Um, so today's episode features an encounter with multiple entities. Some say extraterrestrials, some say cryptids that happened in an area between Kelly and Hopkinsville, Kentucky in the summer of 1955. Though classified as a hoax in the Project Blue Book files, the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter, as it is known, is regarded by ufologists, that's a hard word, as a pretty significant, if not the most significant, alien encounter on record. <laughs> this is, like I said, this was, I'm, I've been holding this one in the, in the chamber and I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm, 
horny for it. I also just want to say ufologists. Like that's every time I see it, I'm like, oh, ufologists. Ufologists. I always want to say ufologists, but I'm like, that's also wrong. Dear listener, correct us if you want. That's fine. For those of you who don't know, Project Blue Book was the codename for the systematic study of UFOs by the United States Air Force from March 1952 to December 17th, 1969, when the project was terminated. Uh, I assume this incident was so highly regarded because of the number of witnesses involved, which is usually reported to include 11 people in total, five adults, six children. The number differs source to source. Uh, so don't at me. <laughs> A lot of people say saw these damn things, uh, both adults and children, um, close to, if not a dozen people. So let's get to the story. Story goes that on August 21st, 1955, the Sutton family came barging into the Hopkinsville police station, claiming to have fought with aliens for four hours or so by most of oh my, my sources. Yo, yeah, pretty wild times. Their encounters started when one of the witnesses, Billy Ray Taylor, saw a streak of light go through the sky while what? Just looked over Coco's face when you said Billy Ray Taylor. Billy Ray Taylor. I'm like, I just, I feel, you know, have you ever heard of nominative determination or nominative determination? Mm-hmm. It's like the idea that your name like leads you oh. to something. Like if your name is like Chad and you're going to be an asshole. I mean, <laughs> that can be one. I would say another would be like your last name is uh finger and you become a proctologist. Like this whole, like that it, having certain names will lead it. And it just feels like every time there's a cryptid and you're like reading people's names, I'm always just like, Oh my fucking God. Like, they're amazing. No, every no, time I, I feel that there, there's some, there's some good fucking names in cryptids. Like, you know, like as, as a writer, it just makes me like, I will never come up with a random name as good as the names that like pop out of these stories. Well, one of the other people in this story, his name is Emmett Sutton, but usually they call him Lucky Sutton. What a great <laughs> nickname. Which, I know. That reminds me of Popcorn Sutton. You ever heard of him? No. Popcorn Sutton was a, a famous moonshiner. Uh, oh, okay. He was just incredibly well-known Kentucky Kentucky guy okay. um, and was alive until very recently, like within the last five or so years that maybe maybe a little more than that now. Um, he passed away, but incredibly popular dude. Hmm, wonder if he's relate, related to Could our be. family yeah. today. Hmm. Might have to look that up. I did not see any mentions of anyone named Popcorn. I think I would have remembered that. <laughs> Popcorn and Lucky. I mean, just. I mean, yeah. <sighs> the Sutton family just knock it out of the park. I know. All right. Sorry. No, it's okay. So Billy Ray Taylor saw a streak of light go through the sky while he was outside fetching water from a well. He would later conclude that it was a spaceship that crashed to Earth. A bit later, after relaying what he saw to his friends and receiving copious amounts of mockery about his sighting, Billy Ray's ridicule was interrupted by the barking of the Sutton family dogs. Uh, Two of the adults from the group went to investigate the commotion, and what they saw were creatures emerging from a green glow in the woods. From the woods came short, dark figures with oversized heads, pointy ears, clawed fingers, spindly legs, and glowing saucer-shaped eyes. Some sources say they also describe the creatures being silver in color or wearing silver clothing or armor. The creatures are estimated to be between two to four feet tall. Little uh, guy. I'm just a little guy. Um, definitely not tall enough. 
Um, the wit- <laughs> what's that? What's this? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were trying to signal to me. Oh but- no, sorry. I was just that. Sorry. Just, just think about these little guys. Um, <laughs> the witnesses say that the entities seem to glide across the ground, arms raised above their heads. These entities, like they're going, <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> like Zoidberg over here. <laughs> They'd heard that if you see humans, you're supposed to like act big so that you scare them off. <laughs> these like tiny ch- toddler sized creatures. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> These entities quickly approached the frightened pair, which resulted in their epic gunfight with these intruders. Billy Ray and Elmer Sutton, it's Elmer, not Emmett. Elmer Sutton reportedly told police that there had been up to 12 or 15 of these little guys attacking the Sutton farmhouse. That's a lot of, that's a lot of little dudes. Um, the children present were told to take cover in the bedrooms of the home as these entities descended upon the house. Of course, the high-pitched screams of kids soon started emanating from deeper inside the house. <laughs> the adults rushed in to see the entities were peering through the window, and with guns in hand, they blasted through the windows and moved the children elsewhere. Just real, 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 uh, didn't think about the safety aspects, I guess, of blasting with children around. Um, anywho, after a bit of fending off the creatures, things seemed to have calmed down. Uh, this prompted Billy Ray to peer outside to see if the coast was clear. But then one of the goblins grabbed Billy Ray's hair as he poked his head outside. But luckily, his friends pulled him back inside of the house. Um, after hearing this tale, the police were rightfully worried by these people shooting aimlessly into the dark, <laughs> possibly quarreling with their neighbors and went to investigate along with some soldiers from the nearby Fort Campbell Army base. The investigation turned up nothing but bullet holes and broken glass. I like how one of the one of the goblins tried to snatch Billy Ray's wig. <laughs> wig. <laughs> that, t- that tickled me. Oh gosh. Um <laughs> Unfortunately for the Suttons. Uh, these wig snatching creatures ended up coming back around 3.30 in the morning to continue harassing the family. And with this, the Suttons packed their bags and left. Um, of course, then the family was plagued by even more intruders, the press. Uh, like people waiting around in their yards or like on their porch, like attempting to get a word from the family. Uh, supposedly there was also, unfortunately, looting and stuff involved. Like their house became basically like a, a tourist mm. kind of trap kind of thing or whatever. Um, some sources say the Suttons took advantage of this and all this unwanted publicity and try to start charging people who wandered onto the property. I mean, which fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but, um, the police chief at the time of all this was Russell Greenwell. Uh, when asked about it, he would comment something along the lines of, I don't know if there's anything to it. But whenever I interviewed the grandmother, at some point or another, a serious look of stark terror would wash over her face. Hmm. Um, There's a good number of people who are convinced that this incident and those that were reported on in the documentary series Hellier um, are connected. If you're not familiar with Hellier, check out maybe the first episode. (laughs) I mean, just check it out. The documentary series is about hobgoblins or holler goblins in Hellier, Kentucky, nightly harassing a family pretty similar to today's creature. Uh, maybe that's a tale for a different episode because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so theory time. Those in the debunking camp claim it was most likely horned owls. Now, 
this one, like, it's usually owls, okay? But, like, this one seems like <laughs> there's no way it's owls. Well, you know how sometimes they get together in groups of 15 or more and yeah, yeah. viciously you know how attack owls a do? home. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> there was a druid they pissed off who was just like, go, my sweet horned owl. <laughs> Back um, at their windows. Scare their children. I will say um, something I, I kind of forgot because in in your defense it does kind of sound crazy that it's owls because um one of the gun wielding adults did mention like when they shot at one of these things they heard a sound that sounded like shooting a bucket hmm. so like like metal like when they were hitting when they hit it and like the creatures seem pretty impervious to gunfire and like they would like kind of stumble and then wander back into the woods so in your defense maybe not owls yeah. owls don't usually i don't think they're made of metal no <laughs> not usually and they tend to not just stumble around they're fucking birds they have wings <laughs> they can go fly away i mean again this is this is what most people say you know horn owls are known to be quite aggressive and like super protective of their nests so they're very territorial um also folks in this camp suspect that some of the witnesses were under the influence of something or another no way it's <laughs> <laughs> a really bad carbon monoxide leak in the house and like coming up through the earth i mean maybe you know? carbon monoxide explains a lot of stuff that's you fair. i mean it causes hallucinations causes feeling of immobility causes you to feel cold like in random places so you could feel like cold spots auditory visual hallucinations the whole shebang we'll never know <laughs> um <laughs> and memory loss oh, sorry. yeah that was no, awesome. okay. no i mean totally tracks yeah, put this all down. I don't know much about the house that they were staying in, like, because this was like in the 50s mm-hmm. in like Appalachia kind of area. So, like, did the house have natural gas? I don't know. Carbon uh, probably not. But but carbon monoxide can naturally leak out of. Oh, yeah. Uh, land, That's true. So. And if there's like caves and stuff around. Mm-hmm. Which, which in there Kentucky. were. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so on the believer's side. Obviously, aliens. Many say aliens that crash landed at the time of the incident, though some have suggested that these were ETs inhabiting the abandoned mines nearby. So a whole little, whole little uh, colony. Come on down to Goblin Town. Come on (laughs) down to Goblin Town. We got something. (laughs) Goblin knobs down here in Goblin Town. (laughs) Goblin knobs. Want to get your knob gobbled? Come on down to Goblin Town. We guarantee your knob will get gobbled. <laughs> Here, money back. That's a gobble. I think it's gobbled. Gobbles knob. Knob. Gobbles knob. Cobbles knob. No, there is a knob. There is a gobbles knob. That's where um, Puxitani Phil, the the groundhog who oh, Phil. does. Because we were watching uh, Groundhog Day and there was mm-hmm. a part where they. They showed the like name of it. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was like a gobbler's knob. That's it. Now I sent you or I give I gave you a postcard from Cobbler's Knob. Yeah, where I I was at. Well, apparently Gobbler's Knob also well, that's is better because I looked it up and it really is the name of the the area. Can that... we go there and get a T-shirt? Mm-hmm. Podcast trip. Podcast trip. There's so many podcast trips. By I know Patreon. We have a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, send us. Send us places. <laughs> we'll go find out weird shit and talk about it. All right. I got a few more things for the horny. Um, 
Other believers theorize that these are more like goblins akin to the Tommyknockers or Holler Goblins, whose natural domain is the inside of the earth and are often found in mines and caves. Um, fun fact, this story helped popularize the phrase little green men uh, when a journalist took hmm. some liberties with reporting on the incident. So cool, cool beans. Um, one of Elmer Sutton's children, Geraldine Sutton Stith, sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly, has written a couple of books on the subject. I watched an interview with her and she noted that her father rarely wanted to talk about this. So she you know, knew the story, but like, mm-hmm. was she a, not one of the children present? That's a good question. I she don't may have think been too so. young or something. I don't too, think yeah. she was because like she didn't mention it. That's not how she like talked about it. Um, I have not read these books. I am kind of curious. I would be interested in reading these books. Patreon so I can buy books. <laughs> <laughs> I did find a movie about this incident called The Invasion of Kelly by White Door Productions that you can watch it on YouTube. But like I can't I'm sure you all had the same thought. Mm-hmm. I cannot help but think that would be a great title for an alien erotica. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Invasion of Kelly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean it's in Kelly. the name. Hi, my name's Kellen. Oh, oh. <laughs> you're invading my property. <laughs> um, it is a movie. <laughs> you should watch. <laughs> is this going to be one of our Patreon movies that we review? Yup. <laughs> Yarp. Yarp. <laughs> okay, this is the last little bit and then I'm going to give it to Jim. Uh, every August, Kelly, Kentucky has what they call Little Green Men Days mm-hmm. Festival. Basically, it looks like a county fair, a tricked out church picnic. Looks like a hoot. We should we should go to that. That's I yeah. Mean, that's, yeah, we could do that. So, yeah, you know, I stumbled a little bit, but that is the uh, Hopkinsville Kelly incident, which it's just it's it is wild. And one of those things that just like takes me back a little bit. I'm like. Mm-hmm. I want to believe. <laughs> so I want to believe. I want to believe. Scully. Question is, do these goblins fuck? Ooh, these goblins. I love to fuck. So I have to ask because I saw a little preview. Are there any content warnings we should give people for this one? Drug use. Okay. Well, like, is the, um, I don't want to give away too much. Oh, well, okay. So it's up to you. We can always put them in post. I just, I remember seeing some, some aggressive uh, sexual activity in the little preview, little snippet. I don't think that it's, (laughs) no, I don't think that it's like content warning. Okay. Okay. But I mean, we'll read it and then y'all tell me. Okay. I just, I just want to check. But yeah, drug use. I didn't think that that was con- like, but you you did drug use that you one know, time. Because so like, you know oh, some folks struggle with that, you know, like, yeah, um, substance abuse and things. But yeah. okay, cool. I'm I'm ready for this. I've been <laughs> right. looking for. Um, can you tell the listeners at home how long the full piece is? It's like seventeen pages. Is this the, is this the magnum opus? <laughs> this, this is yep. the, yeah. This is oh, my magnum opus. Yeah, you've talked about it a lot, but I didn't know actually what the subject or anything was. Yeah, yeah I wanted to save it. I was like, this is gonna be a this is gonna be an episode. <laughs> it is an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So we're only gonna do an excerpt. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, we're doing the the sexier part. Sweet. Of, of, that that is why people are here. I that's imagine. why y'all are here. But on Patreon, there will be the full the full book. <laughs> it is it is a little novella. I so you know maybe I'm partial to my own shit, but like I love the characters that I mm-hmm. created, and I would love to write more of them. Honestly, for, for these for these precious precious babes, maybe they'll come back. Maybe. <laughs> oh, again, how many pages was it? I think Four? this was 16 <laughs> pages. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love bringing that up. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I, I'm very excited. I'm excited to read the whole thing on you already. So go here, because here's the thing. I like the person, the main character in this is just a normal person. Mm-hmm. They are not looking to get fucked by gerblins. Okay. So you have to build up in this situation. You can't yeah. just go straight to fucking gerblins. That's no. true. That's true. I guess you need like character development to like get, yes. get the person on the level where they're ready yes. to fuck a goblin. Absolutely. Well, you got to get past the, oh shit, goblins are real phase. And then mm-hmm. you got to get to the point where you can hang around them in normal circumstances without being weirded out. Mm-hmm. Then a little bit down the line, fucking in second. And yeah. Whatever else. Yeah. Needs to be that moment where they're like, you know, it wouldn't be that bad. It wouldn't be that weird. <laughs> yeah. I think I could... But well, well, I mean, but it still is only sixteen pages, so obviously it is still a little fast to fuck garblins. I don't know. You could have been like two years later. You know, I could. I didn't do that. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do a montage. (laughs) Oops. I've always wanted to try to write a montage. Montage. It's gonna be a montage. All All right. right. Sorry. Our audio medium <laughs> just slapping stuff together, slapping, slapping. slapping was, our hands. That was Jim just getting ready, slapping cheeks. Yeah, that was my foley work. Was mm-hmm. it good? It was very good. <laughs> it was really good. Very good. All right. A man and woman were walking towards Sam and Bomb. They stopped at the other side of the fire and smiled at Sam. Bomb pointed at the woman and said. <laughs> He then pointed at the man and said, Bomb, Fee, and Lan all looked incredibly similar. Maybe they're siblings, thought Sam. All three were milky white, hairless, and with an unusual distaste for clothing. They wore only short claws around their hips to cover their nether regions. The other two had similar faces to Bomb, large blue eyes, angular features, and pointed ears. Lan was taller and thinner than Bomb. Fee was shorter and curvy. Her voluptuous breasts bared to the elements, bringing a bright blush to Sam's cheeks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nice to meet you. Goblin titties are out. I'm fully aroused. <laughs> this is going really great. Uh, I just realized my microphone was off when I said that, but I'm going to leave it because it's just me in the background talking. <laughs> and I do enjoy that. <laughs> Sam nodded their head toward the two and said, Fee. What? <laughs> R- That's the wrong one. I just yep. started reading and was like, wait, what? Okay. <laughs> this is Sam. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Go over pile over here. Go over. Shazam. <laughs> nice to meet you. Fee and Lan look back and forth between Sam and Bomb, eyes zeroing in on their still joined hands. Fee clasped her hands together at her face and made what sounded to Sam an excited giggle. 
Suddenly embarrassed at forgetting they were still holding hands, Sam forcefully snatched their hand back from Baum. Baum didn't seem offended as he walked around the fire to show the jar of lightning bugs to his companions. Fee peered at the jar, smiling widely, and skipped over to Sam and wrapped them in a warm hug. Sam let out a startled noise at the sudden intimacy, made more awkward by Fee's large exposed breasts pressing up against them. As Fee released Sam, Lan came forward and placed his hand on Sam's head, stroking down to their shoulder. He looked Sam in the eye and then looked down at the shotgun in Sam's hand. He reached out to touch the gun. Sam kept a firm grip on the shotgun and pulled it closer to their chest, looking at Lan. He stepped back, both hands in the air, as if to say, suit yourself, you can keep it. As Sam stood there, all three companions sat down by the fire. Fee and Lan sat in chairs that looked to be roughly handmade. Baum sat on the floor next to a third chair and gestured for Sam to sit. Walking over, Sam sat down in the chair and looked around the cave. Now that their eyes were better adjusted, Sam could see that there were alcoves carved into the stone everywhere and dark tunnels leading off in different directions. What was most interesting, though, was the amount of random items in the space. Some of the items appeared to be handmade, like the chairs they were sitting in. Most of the items, however, were knickknacks and random things that wouldn't be strange on their own, but reminded Sam of a junk sale sitting all together like they were. Fee had reached over and grabbed Sam's free hand, holding it happily. All three companions were angled towards Sam, like they couldn't believe they were there. Have you always lived here? Sam asked the three. They nodded their heads, smiling. Sam, getting a little tired of the mime routine, asked, Are you all unable to speak? Is there something affecting your voices? The three looked surprised at that question and then looked among each other. It appeared to Sam like they were communicating somehow without the use of words. The three seemed to come to a decision and Fee let go of Sam's ham. Sam's ham? You did that last time. Sam ham. Did I do Sam's that last time? Yeah. Oh. Never let go of hams. I love them. <laughs> no, keep, keep them hams close. I'm going to grab that ham. <laughs> Well, they haven't got to the ham yet, but they'll get there. I better get ham. <laughs> the three seemed to come to a decision, and Fee let go of Sam's hand to hop up and grab a pouch that was sitting in an alcove. Fee pulled some unusual-looking mushrooms out of the pouch and offered them to Sam. Uh, no thanks. Sam said, putting their hand up and shaking their head. Fee looked crestfallen for a second before perking up and eating one of the mushrooms herself. She then handed one to Baum and then Lan, and they both ate the mushrooms as well. Fee looked to Sam and rubbed her stomach in the universal gesture for yummy. <laughs> <laughs> yummy. Yummy. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> ain't nobody yucking yums in this town. No, not in this cave, they ain't. Sam gave in and took one of the mushrooms Fee was offering. They felt apprehensive about eating a mushroom without knowing if it was poisonous or not, but seeing that the other three companions ate them without so much as a blink made Sam feel doubtful the goal was to poison them. It had an earthy taste, with a tang and bitterness that reminded Sam of wet clay. Sam sat back, staring at the fire, feeling awkward. Why did they bring me here if they weren't going to talk to me? How long do I have until it's light enough outside to head back home? Sam wondered. Just then, Sam felt Baum lean against their leg from his seat on the floor next to them. Sam looked down to see him squinting back up at them, a soft smile on his lips. Fee reached out and tucked a lock of hair behind Sam's ear. Sam jumped at the unexpected touch and turned to the woman. Fee's hand stayed where it was, 
twirling a lock of Sam's hair around her finger. Looking in the woman's large eyes, Sam could see her pupils dilate, staring back at them. Just past Fee, Lan, le- just past Fee, Lan leaned, resting his chin in his hand. Pupils growing larger before his eyes closed with a soft smile. Suddenly, light burst in Sam's field of vision, and the cave took on a blinding glow. Sam covered their eyes, confused, and tried to look around as they heard one of the companions get up and douse the fire. Sam opened their eyes to pitch black, but immediately their eyes adjusted and the cave was aglow with the calm blue light in the absence of the fire. Sam looked up at the ceiling of the cave to see that the tiny blue dots they had noticed upon their entrance were now glowing so bright it was like the heavens were in reach. They stood up marveling at the sight when they heard a calm voice behind them say, Now, see, this is tricky because you've written big dumb energy and that's just my normal voice. We'll do it. Do your normal. It's fine. Fine. Deliver. Deliver, big dumb. (laughs) That's your new nickname, big dumb. Big dumb. Big dumb. I think they'll be able to hear us soon. Sam rolled around looking between the three people. To their amazement, each of the companions glowed, much like the ceiling of the cave. Whoa. Sam gasped. Bom, Fee, and Lan each stood there, their skin no longer a plain milky white. On each of the companions was a pattern of blue, phosphorescent light. Each one had a different pattern tracing their skin. Lan's pattern reminded Sam of a tiger. He had thin, jagged, bioluminescent lines all over his body. Fee's pattern concentrated on the crown of her head, falling down her back, and was sparse everywhere else. She had tiny spots and wiggly O's that reminded Sam of a sea creature. Bomb's pattern was more stark. Pure bioluminescence ran from his toes up to his hips and from his fingertips to his shoulders. A thin stripe connected each hip with each underarm. The rest of Bomb's body was without its own light. They were all utterly beautiful. Is there any glowing on the penis or are they still hidden? <laughs> Is that or? something we'll learn later? It's still hidden because they all still have their loincloths on. Okay. Right okay. Now. Yeah. 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 So you'd see it like glowing under the light. <laughs> it looks wah, like wah, he's got wah, like a wah. flashlight underneath this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those backlit TVs. <laughs> Fee giggled again after Sam had that thought and Sam could hear in their mind. Thank you. We think you're beautiful as well. Can you hear us now? Sam knew the voice was coming from Fee. They didn't know how they knew it, but they were absolutely convinced. Yeah, but. How am I hearing you in my head? Sam asked incredulous. We can. Oh, boy. (laughs) I don't know if that was actually the voice I did earlier. We can speak with our mouths. Can you? (laughs) (laughs) We can speak with our mouths after a fashion and with difficulty. It's not something we do often. We don't need to because we can speak with our minds. Bomb said his voice in Sam's mind, a rumble, unlike Fee's warm, smooth tone. Wait, are you saying you're telepathic? Sam blurted, hesitated for a moment, then continued. I understand you three may have some genetic differences, but I've never heard of anything making people telepathic. The three chuckled and looked between one another then. Lan shook his head and said, You must have forgotten. Wait, Lan's the other one. (laughs) You must have forgotten. No, it's you. Remember Big Dom? (laughs) Big Dom. Paging Big Dom. (laughs) You must have forgotten from when we were young. We're people, yeah, but not in the way that you're thinking. 
His voice in Sam's head resonated with a cool tone. He continued. We aren't human like you. We aren't the same species. Sam's head was reeling with that information. Not the same species. How? Was that even possible? Where did they come from? Are these siblings abandoned here by their parents? Made to believe they weren't human? Why are they on my farm? How could something like this even happen? Bomb cut off Sam's rapid-fire thought. We are ostracized. Yes, but not by humans. We have been pushed out by our own people. We are not mutated. We look much like the rest of our people. We aren't siblings in the sense you're thinking, though we did age together. We are here because this has been our chosen home since we were young. Sam stood flabbergasted. Baum left them with a hefty chunk of information to pick through. After thinking for a while, Sam asked, Why were you pushed out? Lance stepped in to answer. Not us specifically, but a group of our people many years ago disagreed with the majority. The group and groups like them have been pushed out from the majority to live close to the surface. We are descendants from one of those groups. So, there's more of you? Sam asked, overwhelmed and a little scared. Yes, but we three are the only ones left who live here. There are other groups elsewhere near the surface, but the majority live deeper within the earth. They do not come to the surface. Lan explained. We have been your friends since we were young. Once we played and learned from each other, Fee adds happily, walking forward and taking Sam's hand again. So, we really were childhood friends? Sam asked. Yes, we four aged together for a time when we were young, before you disappeared. We're so happy you've returned, Fee says, pulling Sam into a warm hug. Baum and Lan walked forward and joined the hug as well. Sam felt overwhelmed. Inheriting the farm and moving back to the cabin felt like coming home to Sam, but that feeling was also riddled with a sense of loss and an intense loneliness. For the first time in a very long time, Sam didn't feel lonely. Finally relaxing, Sam let the tension ease from their muscles and melted into the group hug. Sam reached their arms around, trying to take an active part in the hug. It was then Sam remembered the shotgun in their hand. Stepping back, Sam sat the shotgun on the ground. Sorry about that. I was just scared at first. So how come I can hear you now, but I couldn't before? Sam said. Lan replied. You could when you were young. But you must have lost the ability being away from us so long. This is why we fed you some of our people's cultivated medicine. It helps us understand one another better during troubled times. Fee said excitedly, Now that we've all found each other again, we should celebrate. She ran off into a tunnel to return a minute later with a tiny basket. Inside the basket was another type of mushroom. And a thousand dildos. <laughs> <laughs> so many dildos. Oh, so the dillies begin. Just roll them out on the floor. <laughs> Not to totally derail, but that does remind me of the time I saw a man running out of a sex shop and he tripped in the street. He had a paper bag and it was just so, so many dildos that spilled out into the street. It was way too many where I was just like, wow. Yeah. Where was this? How'd you see this? It was uh, downtown. The, um... I don't, I guess I don't want to say it anyway, but it was the, the one that's downtown. There's like okay, the yeah. place there where you can go get dildos. I don't know the place. You'll have to tell me later. We'll, we'll tell you. Okay. Oh my gosh, we gotta. Can we go? Can yeah. we have like a field trip? trip? Field trip. Yeah. Yay. 
I want to get us all like traveling microphones. <laughs> like those little tiny ones. So we can just like walk through museums together being That'd like, be oh great. my God, did you see the dick on? I would okay. love that. I would love it. Okay. I don't know where I am now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, during troubled times is the last thing I said. Okay. The basket. The basket. She got the basket. Inside the basket was another type of mushroom. Our people cultivated these for happy moments, and nothing makes me happier than being reunited with you, Sam. Everyone was given two mushrooms. Bomb turned to Sam and said, There's a certain way. (laughs) (laughs) He always like starts leaning Jersey. There's a certain way to start the celebration. Follow our lead. He sat down on the floor of the cave along with Fee and Lan. Sam followed suit and sat down on the floor as well. The four were facing each other in a close circle when Bomb said, Now we each eat one mushroom. Sam watched as the three friends ate a single mushroom, then did the same. This mushroom was also earthy, but with a stronger bitterness than the last. Pulling a face, Sam chewed and swallowed their mushroom while their friends chuckled at their expression. Now we wait a moment, said Bomb. Sam sat there looking back and forth between the other three, wondering what they were waiting for and what they were going to do next. Sam could feel the hard, smooth rock beneath them. They could feel the cool air from deep within the cave, softly blowing over their face and bare arms. Closing their eyes, they could imagine they felt each individual hair on their skin being gently pulled back and forth by the air and the breathing of their friends. Sam tilted their head back and opened their eyes again. The star-like dots, shining blue on the ceiling of the cave, were moving faintly. First, a slight twinkling, then a small swaying, until it built to a languid swirling all across the roof above them. Wow! Sam exclaimed and looked to their friends to ask about it. To Sam's surprise, the glowing blue patterns unique to each of their friends were also swirling and dancing. Bomb, Fee, and Lan each looked like a living painting to Sam, and they suddenly felt very dizzy. Sam wobbled slightly, and Bomb reached out to grab them and hold them steady. Leaning close to Sam, he chuckled and said, The celebration is beginning, I think. Sit. Raised a lot of eyebrows. It's as real as you want it to be. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be real. (laughs) Sam shivered. They knew his voice was in their head, but it felt like he had whispered it into their ear. Sam felt a thrilling, tingling sensation at the back of their neck and the base of their skull, like their brain and brainstem were being tickled in a pleasing way. Sitting back in place, Baum held out his second mushroom and said, We will feed this mushroom to the person on the right. As Sam hesitated, feeling sheepish about feeding someone, Baum looked to land to get them started. Lan reached out to Fee, placing his hand under her ear, firmly cupping her neck as he fed her his mushroom. For her part, Fee looked at Lan with her mouth open and tongue out as Lan slowly placed the mushroom on her tongue. He then rubbed his thumb tenderly along her cheek and she chewed her mouthful with eyes closed, a smile on her face. Sam swallowed. The act they witnessed had been short-lived but somehow erotic. They looked to Lan and saw that he was staring at them, a hint of a smirk on his face. Sam continued watching Fee as she opened her eyes to look at Sam, then took her own mushroom lightly in her lips and leaned over toward Baum. Fee placed one hand on the cold floor and the other on Baum's thigh. 
Sam couldn't help but notice that Fee's fingers were a hair away from slipping under Baum's only bit of clothing around his hips. Sam could feel their heart rate increase as Fee reached her face to Baum's, feeding him her mushroom with a soft kiss. Sam was thankful for the dim light and the cool cave air. Their face felt like it was on fire, and they felt as though their breathing had become audible. Fee sat back with a low giggle and looked at Sam again. Sam quickly looked at Baum as he sat, eyes closed, chewing his mushroom. As Baum's eyes slowly opened again, Sam dug their fingers into the legs of their jeans out of panic. Sam couldn't help but notice Baum's muscled chest and stomach rippling as he leaned toward them. As Baum leaned closer, Sam's eyes widened to their limits, wondering what would happen next. Baum placed his hand on top of Sam's warmly and mimed, uh, with his mouth. Sam mimicked Baum's expression and opened their mouth. Baum placed the mushroom inside gently. When Sam closed their mouth again, Baum rubbed along their bottom lip with his thumb, then brought it to his own mouth. His touch on their lips sent a zing through Sam that had them fighting not to gasp out loud. Quickly licking whatever saliva he just gathered from Sam's lips, Baum sat back in place and smiled. The mushroom tastes better this time, Sam thought as they chewed. Looking up, they got the distinct impression Fee was feeling jealous of Baum. The O patterns on Fee's skin wiggled with irritation. Aware that it was their turn to give a mushroom, Sam looked toward Lan. He quirked his head toward Sam with a smirk. Sam could swear the tiger stripe patterns on his skin were challenging them to feed him properly. Sam's pulse pounded as they leaned toward Lan, reaching out toward his mouth, mushroom pinched gently between their fingers. Lan's eyes narrowed at their offering, a look of dissatisfaction flitting across his face before being replaced with a mischievous grin. He leaned forward and took the mushroom in his mouth, but before Sam could pull their hand back, he grabbed their wrist. Lan's eyes were locked on Sam's as he licked the mushroom dust off their finger. I can do this one. Yum, yum, yummy. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. That, there is a part of me now that's like, oh, I wish I wish you'd written yum, yum, yummy. I'm sorry, I did. No, no. Okay, we're going to do it right now. <clears throat> Hold on. That sounded too much like uh, relieving yourself. Let me try again. You okay? Jim's trying real hard. Keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. Sam let out a shocked moan that they quickly bit down. There was a sudden wet heat at Sam's crotch, and they looked away from Lan embarrassed. Lan released Sam's finger from his mouth and pressed their palm to his lips. Sam could feel his wicked smile against their palm before he gave it a soft kiss. Sam looked up again, and Lan was smiling at them warmly. He released their hand, and Sam swallowed hard. Hearing an indignant huff, Sam looked toward Fee, who was looking put out and very jealous of Lan. I chose the unlucky seat, she said. I want to feed and be fed by Sam. Next time, Baum said, chuckling. Sam couldn't help but laugh. They were so connected with their new old friends who welcomed Sam back like they were a piece of the puzzle that had been missing. Sam's smile must have been infectious to the other three, for they all smiled as well, looking at Sam. We're so happy that you're back, Fee said adoringly. We hope you'll stay. There's so much lost time to make up for. Fee crawled towards Sam, her breasts swinging as she moved. 
Sam was entranced by the movement as V came closer, one hand on either side of Sam. She smiled and kissed Sam lightly on the lips before pulling away. Sam felt V's light kiss hit them like a wave, crashing from their face to the pit of their stomach. V's lips were soft and cool to the touch, and Sam was trying to remember the last time they had been kissed. V was inches away from Sam, looking up at them, smiling. Sam's mind went blank, and all they could do was stare at Fee's plush mouth. Welcome home, Sam, Fee whispered against Sam's mouth. Sam closed their eyes and felt Fee's breath entering their lungs. It traveled through them, through their veins, and became a part of them. Sam wanted nothing more than to finally be home. Allowing themselves to let go and be one with the moment, Sam breathed. Thank you. And kissed Fee back lightly. This show of interest and reciprocation from Sam was like a catalyst among their friends. The patterns on their skin swirled with excitement and barely restrained lust. Fee ran her fingers through Sam's hair, pulling closer for a fierce kiss. She wriggled forward until she was straddled on Sam's lap. Her tongue licked up Sam's lips lightly until Sam opened their mouth. Then it darted inside. Fee's tongue tasted like sweet grass in Sam's mouth, and they twirled it with their own, kissing deeper until they ran out of breath. Pulling back, Fee exclaimed, Now I've tasted Sam, too. Sam's heart was... <laughs> oh, we all getting some tastes. I'm just imagining, like, a friend group, and everyone's hanging out, and one of them, like, opens the door, and it's just like, Now I've tasted Sam, too. And everyone's <laughs> like, Oh, we've all fucked Sam. <laughs> That. That's fun. Just burst out of the door. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Sam's heart was pounding hard and they squirmed in their moist underwear. Land rubbed up against Fee to hold her from behind. Pressing his body against hers, he grasped one of her breasts, pinching her nipple between thumb and forefinger. Nibbling and kissing at Fee's neck, Land stared at Sam intently. He reached out to grab Sam's hand kneading their palm in his thumb before he brought that hand up to Fee's other breast. Sam stroked and kneaded Fee's breast, enjoying how soft, smooth, and bouncy it felt. Fee let out a quiet moan. Baum moved behind Sam, mirroring Land's position behind Fee, resting on his haunches with Sam nestled between his legs. He touched his hands to Sam's shoulders, rubbed down their back, and around to their stomach. On the other page, it said labia. And so I was like, oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> Sam ran down labia. Labia. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Sam could feel his hot breath against their neck as he brought his nose close to nuzzle the curve of their ear. Bomb's glowing hands grabbed the hem of Sam's tank top and rumbled in their ear. Oh, Yes. Sam answered breathily. They shivered with every breath that ghosted along their sensitive skin. Bomb lifted Sam's shirt above their head and tossed it to the side. One hand grasped Sam's waist and the other trailed up their stomach to their chest. Bomb's hand trailed higher, grazing over the binder at Sam's chest. Not this? Bomb asked as he nuzzled his lips over Sam's neck and shoulder. Not that. Sam said, as they leaned their head back, enjoying the sensation of his mouth on their skin. Bomb's hands continued their exploration down to Sam's hips. He waited for permission, then moved to Sam's groin, unfastening the front of their jeans. Meanwhile, Fee was grinding her ass against Land's crotch, so close that Sam's knees were between hers. 
Her lips were moist and slightly parted, and she kept stealing sultry kisses from Sam when their eyes met. Sam helped Bomb as he removed their jeans and tossed them in the direction of their discarded shirt. Bomb held Sam tight against him again, with only the soft cotton of their underwear left. Sam could feel that the planes of Bomb's defined muscles weren't the only hard things pressing against their back. <laughs> God, I feel like I do that every episode. Sorry. It's fine. It's, it's one of my favorite little, little things. <laughs> I don't know if it if it's been like if, if you've inferred it, but Bomb is a himbo. Okay, okay. just very beefy. I kind of puka shell. I love puka shell. <laughs> no, no puka shells. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen my tribal tats? Oh no! Oh no! That's not really a himbo. I'm just uh, being silly. His hard bit. His hard bits coming, coming, pressing, grabbing Sam's hand. And bring it back to her breast. Fee asked, Are you ready to have fun with us, Sam? Absolutely, I am. Sam said, having never felt so thoroughly seduced and wanted. At Sam's words of consent, Bomb's strong arms released them as he stood. He pulled down the cloth around his hips to unleash the impressive specimen beneath. Sam tried not to gawk. I can't believe you've made me say this. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Coco. Say it, say it, say it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Every guy I know would be proud as punch to have that. Is Sam, like, 80 years old? Like, please, this punch? Just like, oh, jeez, please. Can't believe that penis is the bee's knees. It's the BGPE, the big grandpa energy. Big grandpa energy. Oh my god, Gramps over here. He's just rocking in a rocking chair with a pipe. Oh, they'd be pleased as much to have that. They're Oh boy. I'm, I love it. It's the idea that I would ever say proud as punch to someone when I look at their penis is incredible. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. I love it so much. Don't be sorry. It's so good. They said. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I honestly didn't think that was going to be a thing. I was like, this is just something people say. Yep, sure it is. <laughs> oh, my bad. You little country. Yeah. I love it. No, it's, it's good. This is in Appalachia, y'all. Yeah, yeah. I know. So this, is, a, this yeah. is in a holler. Mm-hmm. Totally makes sense. Okay. Holla. <laughs> Bomb made a low chuckling noise in his throat, then looked to Fee as she stood up. Lan, still on his knees, undid the ties on Fee's cloth, rather than force them down over her soft, curvy thighs. Bam! Hams! To Sam's surprise, there at the apex of those thighs was a plump little dick, bobbing excitedly. Sam schooled their features immediately, but their initial wave of confusion was not lost on Fee. Why are you surprised at this? Everyone has one, Fee said as she motioned to her dick. 
You have one too, surely, she said. Oh, uh, no. Sometimes humans do and sometimes they don't. Sam explained. The other three looked at each other, brows raised in surprise. Like other humans, you were always covered in clothing before. We had no idea, Fee said, then asked, May we see? Sam stood then and pulled down their underwear. The three friends gathered closer and bent slightly to get a better view. Huh? <laughs> get out there like they're <laughs> I'm just imagining. They're like, wait, wait, wait. You have three holes? <laughs> I mean, I think that's the, the mm-hmm. twist. Well, the preview was coming. We've never had this before. We can all fuck. <laughs> You'll be surprised. The three friends gathered closer and bent slightly to get a better view. Sam felt a little silly, but not as embarrassed as they thought they would be. Their friends were so earnest, kind, and welcoming that Sam felt at ease being open with them. I have that too, she said excitedly as she sat on the stone floor again and spread her legs open. Sam saw, under Fee's cute little cock, instead of balls, was a velvety soft set of lips. Holy shit. Double twist. Right. Okay. So, okay. This is great. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) So, uh, the reason I chose this is because in a lot of lore, goblins are all male. So, I kind of like interpreted that as like, people just saw that all (laughs) goblins had dicks and assumed. No. I'm so sorry. You okay? Yeah, I just thought I could drink like a Choking on that goblin, dude. Choking on that goblin dong. You were just talking about all these great dicks, and I started choking up a little bit. (laughs) Like, oh, so many dicks. Come on down to Dick Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Dick Town Mountain. (laughs) Come on down to Dick Town Mountain. This ain't for kids. <laughs> the same for kids. I want a commercial that ends in that. Well, it's like I want it, you know, like Guntown Mountain, like Guntown Mountain, but like this one's not for kids because the next line is like, bring your family. Nope. No. Nope. Don't bring them. Don't bring them. <laughs> you country folk. I love it. Yeah. You guys are so. Yeehaw. Yep. We know nope. about them haulers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that Patoon? Yeah, spitting the spittoon. Spittoon's full. Spittoon's Where's full. Where's that? Oh, I forgot totally about forgot Spittoon's about Full. Spittoon's forgot full. about Spittoon's Full. It's coming back now. Well, I can tell you just from editing that none of us have gotten any less moist. No. <laughs> just, just constant. I'm We're all sorry. like slobbery little bastards. I'm so sorry. We can't help it. Yeah. No, I mean, we are literally thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Sam saw under Fee's cute little cock. Instead of balls, was a velvety soft set of lips. I'd like to kiss those, Sam thought. You're welcome to, Fee said seductively and leaned back on her elbows, giving Sam a wink. Saucy. (laughs) Lowering to their knees, Sam crawled forward and gingerly nuzzled their face into Fee's labia. Don't look at me. (laughs) No one look at me. Jim, we just talked about this. I need eye contact. Oh, no, <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> I, I think it's because we waited so long to get the computer stuff. So now it's all like build it's up. Fresh. And you're like, it's oh. all fresh again. It's like me just coming right into it. Coming right into a cold room. Well, I think someone's going to be coming right into Sam's mouth is what's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Mm. 
feel it out of surprise moan at the sensation. While gently sucking and licking at Fee's pale pink lips, Sam reached up to Fee's tiny cock and began to stroke. Oh, Fee quietly moaned, tilting her head back. I'm sorry for everything. Why? Oh no. God. I'm mom, sorry for nothing. I'm sorry. God and mom. God, mom. The people. May I do that to you, Sam? Bomb asked huskily. Be my guest. <laughs> Be my guest. Be my guest. Put my lips to your chest. Oh, God. Sam said enthusiastically. Bomb moved around the pair and laid on his back beneath Sam. He grabbed Sam's hips and settled their weight on his face. Bomb began to gently nibble at Sam's puffy lips, testing their reaction to each area he touched. When he made it to the little firm nub where Dick would usually begin, Sam twitched. Uh, yeah. Looks pretty good. Yeah. Oh. Oh. She's using a fucking calculator. That's the sound she's making. Uh, Senpai. Senpai. Uh, Sorry. I'm sorry, Joyce. (laughs) Would you like a bite of my sushi? Uh, Sam's gasp caught in their throat with a quick intake of breath. Noticing their obviously favorable reaction, Bomb began to flick and circle his tongue over the spot, nibbling and sucking lightly. This gave Sam an idea as they looked to stripe up Fee's plump cock, swirling their tongue around the head. Sam enveloped Fee's cock in their mouth, sucking as they nodded their head up and down in its short length. This is the perfect dick to suck, Sam thought. How is this like so fucking wholesome that they're like having a fucking orgy? I'm sorry. Oh, don't take it as a criticism. No, it's fine. It's just it's it's cute. It's very much this is on brand. A perfect. Yeah. Well, this is also a perfect representation of who Jim is. Like this is a everyone at home. You now know Jim much better. Like this idea that. so like nervous and like stressed about doing this one because this does have quite a lot of personality in it of my own. I love it because it is both wholesome and crazy horny. Yep. I mean, yeah. Here, here I am. That's me. That's me. This is the perfect dick to suck, Sam thought. Their gag reflex unbothered. One arm wrapped around Fee's thigh, hand resting on her soft stomach. Sam used the fingers of their other hand to tease Fee's slick opening. Fee gasped and moaned as Sam began to finger her, sucking all the while. Sam nudged Fee's spongy G-spot with purpose. Fee's hands went to Sam's hair, bobbing their head up and down on her cock. Fee's patterns were jiggling and pulsing wildly with a cry and final shudder of her hips. Fee came, squirting down Sam's throat. Sam swallowed and licked their lips. Fee was panting and slick with sweat beneath them. My turn, said Lan. He walked forward, long, curved cock in hand. (laughs) Sorry. Come on. This is what you've been working up to. I know. I know it, but it feels like just so like... His defined muscles were stretched over a thin frame that gave him an almost feline grace. 
Eyes locked on Sam's, he ran the back of his fingers gently along their jaw before reaching behind their head to grab a handful of their hair. With Sam's hair in his fist, he said, Make it wet. Sam nodded and began to... (laughs) (laughs) Joyce just... Clutching clutching her pearls. Take it back. Consider them clutched. (laughs) (laughs) Sam nodded and began to lick up and down Lan's cock. Closing their eyes, Sam began to suck and flick their tongue at his head, stroking their hand along his shaft to spread their spit. Look at me. Lan growled. Sam's eyes snapped open and looked up towards Lan's face, his cock in their mouth. Very good. Lan murmured. He watched Sam like this, fist in their hair, cock thrusting gently into their mouth. Sam's drool was dripping down his shaft. Switch me out, Baum. Lan ordered, and Baum stopped his ministrations and wriggled out from under them. Lan pulled his dick from Sam's mouth and bent down to give them a hard kiss. Releasing Sam's hair, he moved around behind them and knelt to the ground. One hand on Sam's shoulder and another at their hip. Lamb bent Sam over until they were on all fours. Once there, he began to rub the tip of his drool-soaked dick up and down along Sam's throbbing cunt. Lining the head of his cock up with their opening, Lamb began to ease himself into Sam. (laughs) Sam moaned as Lamb slowly sunk deeper into them. With each restrained thrust, he pushed further into Sam until he was buried fully. At this point, Lan wrapped an arm around Sam's waist and lifted them back until they were upright on his lap. He grabbed Sam's hips with both hands and held them steady as he began to thrust in earnest. Fee had recovered at this point and crawled toward the pair. Dropping to their elbows, Fee angled herself to have access to Sam's clit. Adding more moisture to Lan's pumping, Fee began to lick and suck at Sam's click, mimicking what Sam had done to Fee's cock. Sam felt their orgasm begin to build, and their moans rose in intensity. Lan wrapped the long fingers of one hand around Sam's throat and pulled them back to growl in their ear. Don't you dare come. Not till I tell you. Sam shuddered with one at his words and tried to hold off. Fee stopped suckling Sam's clip for a moment to look back at Baum, who had been stroking himself watching the scene play out. Come fill me, Baum, Fee said in a needy tone. Baum lowered to his knees behind Fee and began to slowly push his considerable girth into her. Sam watched as the pair began fucking right before their eyes. Baum had his big glowing hands dug into Fee's waist. The muscles in Baum's arms and torso were flexing with each pump of his hips. Damn, how's she fitting all that in there? Sam thought. Fee moaned loudly. Her tits swung back and forth as her juicy ass jiggled each time Bomb slammed into her. Fuck, y'all are so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, y'all are so hot. Sam said, then was brought back to their own pleasure by a bite on the shoulder from Lan. Watch them, but feel me. Lan said, then licked the sore spot he had made on Sam's shoulder. Sam watched as Baum and Fee's movements grew more frantic. Fee was calling out Baum's name, begging for his cum. The blue glow in Baum's arms and legs flashed suddenly, and he let out a long, low groan. His pumping slowed and then stopped. Spent, Baum and Fee collapsed to their sides, spooning and still connected. Sam was dripping wet from watching and hearing Baum and Fee fuck to completion. Lan reached one hand to Sam's sensitive little nub and began to quickly rub it with the pads of three fingers. His pumpy became a fierce pounding. Come, now, scream for me. Lan ordered. 
Oh, thank fuck, Sam thought, knowing they couldn't hold back any longer. Sam felt a pressure and tingle deep within them as Lan poured himself inside them. Just want to point out that everyone in the room immediately covered their face. <laughs> okay, here we go. <sighs> fuck me. Fuck me. I'm coming. Sam screamed, feeling themselves clenched tight around Lan's throbbing cock. Sam's orgasm crashed over them with more intensity than they had ever felt. Spent, Lan continued slow, deep pumping to force out every contraction he could from Sam. At last, Sam and Lan separated, flopped back on their backs next to one another as they tried to catch their breath. Baum released Fee and came to cuddle up against Sam on the cold stone floor. Fee cuddled up to Lan, laying her head on his chest. Everyone's patterns were still and softer around the edges. Lan had his left arm around Fee and gave her head a kiss. Then with his right hand, he grabbed Sam's left, entwining their fingers together, and gave it a kiss as well. Sam rested their head on one of Baum's thick arms. Using his free hand, Baum tilted Sam's face up to give them a kiss. It was unhurried, tender, and loving. I wanted to do that since the moment I saw you again, he said. Sam blushed and felt a tightness in their chest. I'm glad you finally did, Sam said, feeling emotional at the amount of love they had been shown in such a short time. I live here now, and I have no plans on leaving ever again, Sam said, the echo of their voice fading away in the dark cave. With that final affirmation, the four held each other in comfortable silence, happy, whole, and together again, finally. Getting down, getting down, gonna fucking goblin down. You know what? There was a lot of like work to get there, but it was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah. But, you know, what, what's that face? I don't know. What's that face? I don't know. I'm so, oh my I feel gosh, so Jim's embarrassed. Jim. Jim Senpai. Senpai. Jim. <laughs> Oh God! Oh boy! Yo, yo, yo! Okay, well, I'll, I'll ask it this time. That was my um, baby. Because Jim needs a little bit of some a moment. Well, we all know that Jim would fuck yeah. <laughs> the goblins. Yeah. So I guess the question is, would we fuck the goblins, Joyce? I know. Maybe. Maybe. So, like, the three to four feet tall, is that right? No, no. In this story, they're they're more just, like, a short human size. They're okay. not, like, a child size. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe, sure. They're real tall for goblins. We'll just say that. <laughs> well, to the surprise of no one. <laughs> what about you, Coco? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll be down. Yeah. That sounded like fun. Everybody's having fun. There was a lot of like uh, gentle kind of consenty moments and invitation and things like, oh, yeah, I was into it. I was into that. Moment. I'll take a bunch of mushrooms and fuck some goblins. It yeah. sounds great. Yeah, I guess maybe that's a that's a content warning for drug use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. we should put that one on there. So thank you, as always, for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram at laugh. Nope, nope. Love it for sighting. Twitter, it's at LaughsPod. That's L-A-F-S-P-O-D. We also have a website. Website. L-A-F-S-P-O-D.com. LaughsPod.com. You can find our 
all our social links. You can find episodes on there. You can find a little about me section for each of us. Uh, also, really important, the Cryptid Cupid uh, submission form. This is where you can send us feedback, send us some porn you wrote, send us someone else's porn that has been written, and we will read it on the show. Um, speaking of feedback, um, give us a review. Good, bad, the ugly, we don't care. Uh, make it good <laughs> and nice. That would be great. Um, you know, call us in, call us out. You know, we really like some feedback. See what you like, what you don't like. Oh, yeah, there's Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. Yeah, also, Give also. Money, Patreon. Coco, a new computer. Yeah, because my computer has crashed multiple times while we've been recording this, which has been fucking cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, that'd be great. But mostly I just want us to be able to continue to do this comfortably yes. and and. It doesn't have to be big buku bucks, but no. every little bit helps. So if anyone is able to, there is also benefits to joining yeah. um, artwork, recordings, all sorts of fun stuff uh, we've been working on. Um, I've actually written a cryptid love song. Ooh, That's right. Yeah. Um, and it is very lovely. And you would get that on Patreon. You would get that. I kind of want to write a whole cryptid album and put it on there. Oh, Concept shit. album. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I'll do some mm-hmm. drums. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. I forgot that was an option. Yeah. 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 Everyone here is a musician. Okay. Well, we're going to do an album. <laughs> and then we're going to, at some point, tour like the Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch? They're not the ones that did that. That's the Osbournes. There we go. Yeah. 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 It'll be more like the gorillas, though. So we'll have like, we'll be behind a screen. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll be behind the screen. We'll do an episode and then play a show. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. Or just in the on. middle of the show, all of a sudden be like, okay, so this is the part where Jim reads about an, an erotica, which is why this was an 18 plus show. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't bring your kids. Don't, don't bring, bring them. Don't bring them. Please don't. That's not that's for us. Like we, I, if I see a child in the audience, I'll never recover. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. But thank you so much for listening. Watch the shadows, sweeties. Stay horny, babes. You know, go home, look in the mirror, and know you should be pleased as punch for <laughs> what you got. <laughs> <laughs> so adorable. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>